is your host, Nate. I'm very excited for another episode of the show about science. Today, I have Mr. Mike Mongo on the show about science. Today, we're going to talk about space exploration. Asian, Asian. Mr. Mongo is the author of the Astronaut Instruction Manual. And if you got any questions about that, leave it in the comments below and I'll get back to you right away. If I can find it in the Astronaut Instruction Manual. Are we going to call him now? This is Mike. Hello. This is Nate. Nate, how are you today? I'm good. Okay. Are you on Christmas break? Yes. How's it going? It's going good, though my school calls it winter break. Really? Really. Where are you? I am in Key West, Florida, and do you know who I am? Mr. Mike Mongo. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Mongo. Though I heard in the astronaut instruction manual that um, you go by Mr. Mike or Mr. Mongo. You're a good reader, sir. That is absolutely correct. I can't read. My dad read it to me. That's, that's a team effort. It takes a team. So I'm just going to come up with questions for you. I don't have them written down on the script. Because... I forget them. I can't read. I don't even know how to, to like, write those words either. I don't know what letters they consist of. That was well said. Okay, so what space missions have you gone on? Okay, that is a great question, and a lot of people ask me that question. They say, Mr. Mongo, have you been in outer space before, or have you been on a spaceship? And I have to tell them this, that no, I have not been in outer space, and no, I have not been on a spaceship. What? But, I, listen to this, I'm 50 years old, and how old are you, Nate? Five. Five is good. So, when I was five, and when I was six, and when I was seven, and when I was eight, and when I was 9, and when I was 10, and when I was 11, and when I was 12, I wanted to be an astronaut more than anything. Then a funny thing happens sometimes when you grow up. You get busy doing all kinds of other stuff, and you don't get to do the thing that you want to do most. Is there something that you want to do when you grow up? Is there an idea that you have? Like science and architecture. Wow. Well you're ahead of the game because you're already doing science right now. You're very good at it. And I'm also doing architecture. I'm also drawing things that I want to be built. So if you're drawing, that is a great way to pursue being in architecture. And I listen to you interview scientists, and you have a very scientific mind. So in a way, you and me were similar. Like when I was five, Many times ago, and now I'm 50, I realized that I wanted to be an astronaut, and then I grew up, and I didn't get to become an astronaut. And part of the reason why was because nobody said to me, 
when I was five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, the magic words, which were, when you grow up, you can live, work, and play in space. Nobody said that to me. And so when I grew up and realized that I hadn't gone on to become an astronaut, I said, I'm going to make sure that every young student I meet knows that when they grow up, they can live, work, and play in space. And that's how I became an astronaut teacher. Do you remember some of the students' names that you've been teaching? Absolutely. One of my favorite students, his name is Andy Hatch. And believe it or not, he is in his second year of college right now. And I started working with him when he was, I think, nine or ten years old. And we started talking about space. This was a long time ago. And then he grew up, and he went, and now he's in college. And that's pretty grown up. And now he's pursuing astrophysics. And then another student I worked with, his name is Elliot Shea. I started working with him when he was eight, and he's going into college next year, and he's also pursuing space studies at University of Central Florida. They have an amazing program to study space there, space and science. And those are the first two students I started working with over 10 years ago, and those are the first two that are now going on to pursue astronautics and space science. Since that time, remember, Nate, I've worked with thousands of students. So all of these students around the U.S. and in Jamaica and in Haiti and in Cuba, outside the U.S., inside the U.S., I've got to talk with and show them that in their future are jobs that are going to be in space. Like, you could be a space architect. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm just looking in the astronaut instruction manual to help me think of new questions. I see. So, have you ever met a space shark with space dolphin? A space shark or a space dolphin? I don't think that humankind or human scientists have discovered or encountered a space shark or a space dolphin yet. But if we continue exploring outside the solar system, no doubt we're going to come across some other life form that's either going to remind us of a space human or a space shark or a space dolphin. Or a space fish. Uh, Or a space fish. Hmm. I think a space dolphin would be excellent. Yeah, they guide us away from space sharks. They do. And if we're in the ocean in the regular water, sometimes sharks do come in, and sometimes dolphins have protected human beings before. Yeah, sometimes dolphins have took humankind up to the surface to bleed. Yeah, that's right. So I think if we meant it, A space dolphin first, that would be very helpful. I don't think that space sharks would necessarily be bad. It's just that sharks are big eating machines in a way. They're kind of like the garbage disposal of the sea. And they just clean up stuff that's floating around. Like if there's fish that are dead or if there's fish that are alive. And they just go through and clean up stuff. And sometimes those things are alive. And sometimes those things can even be human beings. But sharks get a bad reputation. There's actually a lot less shark attacks than the television makes out to be. 
Yeah. So we get afraid of sharks. For no reason. Are you afraid of sharks? Mm, nah. I'm not either. And I don't go into their territory at night when they're hungry. I leave them be. I never go into the bars. I usually stay in the shallows. Are you a good swimmer? Yeah. I sometimes even never go into the sea. But they only exist in the ocean, so I don't know why I'm fearing to go into the Chicago beach because that's a lake. I don't know why I don't want to go in there. I have no idea. Well, as long as you're a good swimmer. And you know what? People used to be afraid of the unknown. Like, before we were pretty good at science, we would look at a big body of water, like a lake, and we never knew what was in there. So we would think maybe there was monsters in there. So why would we think that? A lot of times we are afraid of the unknown. You know how everything, you can be in your room and the light's on and you're totally okay, but sometimes if you're in a room that you're just in with the lights on and then the lights go off, it gets kind of spooky. Yeah, and you're afraid. Yeah, I think that's because we get afraid of the unknown. So if we can't see it, if we don't know what's there, our imagination starts to kick in. And human beings have really good imaginations. Yes. Hey, Nate. What? So, if you could do any job in space, is there any other job that you can think of that would be fun in space? Uh, discovering new things in space. My goodness, that is a great one. And because we know so little about space, it's probably one of the ones that most people are going to get to do. Yes. So what things do we already know about space? I know that other solar systems are very far away from our solar system. So I've heard stories about the sun shooting solar flares at Earth and the sun dying and it's freezing into a ball of ice with no life. So do you think that could be possible? I think that when that happens, which is so far away in the future that neither you or me or your dad or your teachers or my friends all together couldn't imagine how far away it is, even though we can put a number on it. It's hundreds of millions of years away from now, but we can't imagine that. Now, what we can imagine is it taking place. So when somebody tells us brand new that at some point that sun is going to do exactly like you said, it can make us nervous. Why? Because everything is going to die. It would seem like that, but by the time it happens, we'll be really good at space travel, and we'll get to be in someplace else at another sun that's in okay shape, young, warm, and has a planet that circles that in that sweet spot that makes an exoplanet that will be able to sustain life just like planet. So, have you ever discovered new planets with a telescope in space? I have not discovered yet, but I look all the time. Mr. Mike, 
Where can people find the astronaut instruction manual? If anybody would like it, they can get a hold of it just by Googling it, the astronaut instruction manual by Mike Longo. And it and uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I have a, a, a great time interacting with students and, and encouraging students to pursue careers in space. Thank you for being on my show, Mr. Mike Mongo. Nate, you have no idea what an honor it is for me because I believe that one day you're going to be somebody really influential for other people to learn about space and science and mathematics and architecture and really interesting things. So thank you for having me on your show. You're welcome. I'm going to take my headphones off now. Okay. Good talking with you. Keep up the good work. There you have it, folks. The show about science is complete. Dan, you can shut the recording off.